From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. About our guest today, his first childhood piano teacher said he simply, quote, didn't have the knack for it. But that was 21 number one albums ago. Now Jim Brickman is the best-selling solo pianist of our time with two Grammy nominations under his belt, a Dove Award, fans all over the world, each of them spinning one of the 8 million albums that he sold worldwide. Jim Brickman is no stranger to radio either. His own program, The Jim Brickman Show, is now in its 20th season. It makes us wonder what his piano teacher might think. We're thrilled to have Jim Brickman with us right at the front end of his joyful Christmas tour. By the end of that tour, he'll have played cities in over 20 states, and though he'll have taken Christmas Day off, he won't have taken many days off other than Christmas. You can find information about performances and tickets at www.jimbrickman.com. We're here in the Highway 89 studio looking forward to a great hour of music and conversation. Let's start with some music. Jim Brickman with Celebration here on Highway 89. You're listening to Highway 89, Jim Brickman playing live in Studio 6. Jim, thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. And what a pleasure. We're so lucky to get you in the middle of this Christmas tour. I want to ask about Celebration. Was there a particular event that that was written for? Well, I write a lot of music for the Olympic Games. Mm. And um, and so that was one that I uh, sent to them a couple years ago. And uh, one that they used quite a bit during, uh, during the show. And... Um, Usually it's in the background. 
though. <laughs> people talking o- over it, which is okay. I, people I don't, discussing I, their silver medals. Yes, they... or you know, she was a shy child. <laughs> she grew up to be a you know. I mean, it's usually the story behind the uh, the athlete and the um, you know how they overcame their fears to become great athletes, and then you know, there I am. You know, <laughs> or. And setting the mood. It's a lot of what my music does. And, and so it's um, essentially a soundtrack. And Christmas, your Christmas tour, Christmas is such a season for music. It really is. You know, there's there's so much nostalgia with music when it comes to holiday time. And uh, it, it takes us back. It connects us emotionally. And it's one of the reasons that I love playing holiday music. It's um, when I started out recording Christmas songs, it was rare to have solo piano Christmas music. What I love about that is that, you know, you get the the feeling of it, the sense of it without hearing somebody singing, have yourself a merry little Christmas, like the 200th time or something like that. It, you know, it, it gives you the essence of the, of the emotion without the um, overkill, you know. With all the states, all the cities, you've become a tradition in some places. People feel like it's not Christmas until we go to the Jim Brickman Christmas show. What is that like for you to see people coming back and really this is part of their Christmas. It's such a wonderful experience. I think, especially after 22 years of Christmas tours, to now see new generations, you know, so parents who brought their kids 15, 20 years ago, and now those kids are bringing their kids. And so while sometimes it's a little shocking, you know, to me, like that much time has gone by, but it's, uh, it, it's really... A, a amazing thing to see, you know, that it touches people and that they, they use it at home and when they're trimming the tree and it's part of their celebration. It also shows a timeless element to what you're doing, which is a real compliment that it's not so in such a stylistic little corner that it can't speak beyond its own years of origin. Very nice. That's nice of you to say. I think simplicity is the key to that. Sometimes Less is more when it comes to a melody or an emotion or uh, a song. I'm very excited about these next two that you're going to share. First is Thanksgiving, kind of the beginning of the whole season, but also the gift, which is so meaningful to so many people. I'm trying to even imagine when you were there hearing Colin Ray and Susan Ashton sing it together for the first time after it was written. Introduce us to the gift and then give us these two pieces, if you would. So The Gift was uh, one of the first Christmas songs I ever wrote. It was for my first Christmas album. I had had this idea of almost like a music box or Christmas time that was sort of like... kind of setting the scene that felt like Christmas. And as I kept playing it, I thought, you know, maybe this is a, a melody that is really a... A, a song with words, not necessarily, you know. And it sort of takes that quality and paints the picture. And the unique thing about the song, The Gift, is that it really is a love song that happens to take place during the holiday time. It's not a Christmas song per se. 
Uh, there's no Santa down the chimney or the only reference really to even winter time is, you know, winter snow is falling down and there's a fire, but it was originally a solo. I thought there was something about it that didn't seem like it was finished. And then I thought, wait, th maybe these people are singing to each other and thanking each other for the gifts that they give that each other that are not the material things. Beautifully. I'm very excited that you, you're going to sing this for us so we still get to hear it. <laughs> from the source, which actually makes me more excited than if we'd imported a bunch of singers. This will be right from your heart. Excited to hear Jim Brickman now with Thanksgiving and The Gift on Highway 89. Gave your love away 
every day for the gift Watching as you softly sleep What I'd give if I could keep Just this moment If only time stood still But the colors fade away and the years will make us gray But baby, in my eyes You'll still be beautiful And all I want Is to hold you forever All I need Is you more every day Cause you saved my heart From being broken apart you gave your love away and I'm thankful every day for the gift heard a pair of pieces from Jim Brickman, Thanksgiving, and then The Gift, which, by the way, topped three different charts when it came out. Congratulations on that. Thank you That's so much. That's really becoming a holiday standard. Thank you. You know, we hinted at the beginning that your first piano teacher was not so sure you had what it took. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And uh, But your alma mater, the Cleveland Institute of Music, now has a scholarship named for you. So what kept you going when someone like that said, oh, I'm not sure this is for you? Well, I have my parents to thank for that, especially my mom, because when the piano teacher called her to give her the news that I maybe shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> take up something else, um, she said, you know, honestly, I don't really care if he's good at it or if he's going to win awards at it. He, it's, he loves doing it. Could you just keep teaching him so he can just do it? I mean, does it really matter if he's great at it or not? And I thought it was really great advice, no matter what you love when you're growing up, you don't necessarily have to you know, make it a profession. But in my case, I think it was because I am really a songwriter more than a pianist. And that's not really something that shows itself when you're 10 years old, because <laughs> there's nothing really to write about when you're 10, <laughs> because you have no life experience. And so 
It, and it's a craft that grows. So you, I learned the discipline and the foundation of the piano, but didn't really want to, to be playing according to the sheet music. You know, I was never great at um, taking the music in front of me and, and playing it the way it was written. Yeah, well, we're glad you're good at taking the music from inside of you and sharing that with everybody. Thank you. A pair of pieces we're going to hear now. The first is a Christmas medley, and I was thinking this must have been really fun to think, I get to pick whatever songs I want to be. <laughs> you know, whenever you do a medley, the songs have to have a reason to go together. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it can be a little jarring. And in this particular case, what's common among holiday, especially Christmas hymns and carols, which is what these are, you know, many of them are based on very simple eight bar phrases that repeat. The songs are pretty short. Most of the most of the hymns, they just kind of repeat. And they a lot of them are in the same key. So when you weave them together, the right combination seems to work. Tell me about this next piece. It's called That Silent Night, which I can't help but hear in Kenny Rogers' voice. Yes. He's the one who's, who's first sang it for you. Yes. And, you know, especially since I'm going to sing it today and Kenny is it here. Um, it's, um, I hear him singing it when I sing it. <laughs> but I wrote it essentially for him because I'd always wanted him to sing one of my Christmas songs. I sent him a whole bunch of different ideas and he didn't really like any of them. That's he didn't like them. It was, he, he had to, he has to relate to something to sing it. Like most really great singers, they want to tell a story. And, and so I thought, okay, think about how he would tell this story and what he would sound like singing it and write it from that perspective. And that's kind of what I did. It's, um, it's a song about what it's like to be away from home for the holidays on tour, <laughs> but to keep a memory of what it's going to be like when you come back to this one moment that keeps you going until you get back home. We're excited to hear these tunes now. Platinum selling artist Jim Brickman, first with Christmas Medley and then That Silent Night.
Well, the snow came down that silent night. It was quite a sight to see. There were whispers and bells and angel wings, and you were holding me. And the snow came down that silent night, still there in my memory, with the crackle of the fire and the echoes of the choir. And you were holding me, but the world spins round and the seasons change, letting go, moving on, and nothing stays the same. Winter turns to spring and summer turns to fall. Our shadows on the wall, I still can see. When I was holding you, and you were holding me, and the back roads they turn into highways, but most days I still hear your song. Almost makes it worth leaving when I hear you singing. So love, won't you sing me back home? And the world spins round and the seasons change, letting go, moving on, and nothing stays the same. But winter turns to spring and summer turns to fall. Our shadows on the wall, I still can see when I was holding you, and you were holding me. And the snow came down that silent night. It was quite a sight to see, with whispers and bells and angel wings. And you were holding me. And then the world spun round, and the seasons changed, letting go, moving on, and nothing stayed the same. But winter turned to spring, and the summer turned to fall. Now it won't be long at all. What a joy it will be when I am holding you, and you are holding me. You're listening to Highway 89, as always, coming to you live with pianist and writer and singer and producer Jim Brickman. Jim, this is really great to have a front row seat here to not only hear your music, but hear you tell about some of these pieces. 
Thank you. You had a period of your career where you wrote jingles. I did. Like from McDonald's, Pontiac, Isuzu, which is not the most jingly of words, I don't think. I don't know. Everything (laughs) rhymes with something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What did you learn from writing those short kind of jingly pieces that applies to the other stuff that you do? I mean, I loved being a jingle writer. I really didn't know that I would become a recording artist. I I didn't have a plan to, well, I'll do commercials until I make it or something. I thought that was my job, you know, Mm -hmm. was in advertising. And I loved it. It was, um, I had a knack for lots of different styles, which is what what you have to have. Because one day you're writing a song about a bug spray and it's like a rock and the next day it's like an air freshener and it's a country song or something. And it also forces you to write on demand because it's very deadline oriented. And so it helped me to think quickly and write quickly and to trust that many times the first thing that comes to mind is the strongest idea instead of, I don't tend to belabor it when it comes to writing. I, I feel like if the idea is good, it'll come quickly. And that's a lot of what jingle writing taught me. It also taught me to be a good producer of singers because every day I was producing vocalists. This next collaboration, I would love to know the origin of this. This is Simple Things, which you did with Beth Nielsen Chapman. What a beautiful, clear voice that she has. This has some of my favorite images in it. Just to quote a line or two, the first leaves off the tree, the way you look at me, the simple things are free. It's a whole song that's a list of, of beautiful things. Yeah, I mean, really, my my whole musical philosophy of the songs that I write, both the ones I play in concert and the ones I record, is that I believe music should be hopeful and really idealistic and beautiful. I think it should make people smile. I think it should be an escape and really connect with some of the things that sometimes are right in front of us that we don't see. I feel like there's enough self-loathing songs and angry (laughs) songs in the world that uh, if I have a chance to share something, I should share something beautiful. Yeah, the lyrics to this song are um, really special and simple (laughs) if you really think about it. But there are a couple lines in in there that uh, she wrote with me, but that I just love probably more than any song I've written. After that, we're going to hear an instrumental Rocket to the Moon, which I think was your very first number one. Is that right? Rocket to the Moon was the very first song on my first album. I had recorded this first album. I call it No Words because I want to make sure like when people got it home, they knew there was no singing on it. And that it was no <laughs> words. Return it to yeah, the record. Store. Right. Like there's no singing on this. Yeah, that's why it's called No Words. But um <laughs> these were the demos that I had played just for myself. They weren't intended to be an album. And when I took those demos around to the record companies, the one I signed to said, Well, I said, When we're gonna, you know, record the first album, they said, Well, you did that already. We're gonna put out your demos as the so it's the most authentic because I didn't know that I was <laughs> recording for consumption, you know. Let's hear this pair of pieces. First, we get to hear Simple Things and then Rocket to the Moon. Bye. 
day's a brand new sky And every tear comes to dry And all that really matters in this crazy world Is you and I together Baby, just remember The first leaves off the tree The way you look at me A thousand chiming church bells ring The simple things are free The sun, the moon, the stars The beating of two hearts How I love the simple things The simple things just are So here we go Let's just dance Teach my soul to take this chance And put my heart in your hand And out of all the moments that we leave behind Turn around and tell me Baby, we'll remember The thunder and the rain The way you say my name After all the clouds go by Simple things remain The sun, the moon, the stars The beating of two hearts How I love the simple things The simple things just are
We've just heard Simple Things and Rocket to the Moon, original tunes by Jim Brickman in Studio 6, live with us. Jim, one of the things that has really defined your career has to do with your collaborations. Some legendary artists, I'm sure I don't even have a full list, but Martina McBride, Carly Simon, Lady Antebellum, Michael W. Smith, Herb Albert, Michael Bolton, Donnie Osmond. I could go on. Lots and lots. So from all that experience, it seems like on your collaborations with these artists, you're not just the guy playing the piano while they sing. (laughs) They feel like collaborations, the way that you're playing, it's sort of a give and take. Is there some key to that that you've learned in collaboration to both being satisfied as artists? Well, the way it began, really because I'm a songwriter, was to invite people to sing on my album. So Mm -hmm. right off the bat, it was already a collaboration because they were really guesting yeah. on my songs and all of the songs that they sang were sing are mine. So it's it's a little bit different than accompanying them. It's really it is more of a collaboration because they're bringing my song to life. You know, in the tradition of like uh let's say Henry Mancini or Sergio Mendez or Burt Bacharach with Dionne Warwick or you know things yeah. like that are it's it's sort of in that Quincy Jones, you know, there's a lot of of people who do that. After hearing different styles of different vocalists bring these songs to life. I love the idea that the common thread is that it's my songwriting, but it can be everybody from Johnny Mathis to Lady Antebellum or Olivia Newton-John to the Blind Boys of Alabama or, you know, to me, that's the gift in it is to have the common thread be, you know, my songs and having uh, different styles Because really what that does is it says that music is just music, that there's really no such thing as dividing it into a category just because uh, somebody's known for singing country songs like Martina McBride. When she sings my song, she's just a singer. She's not a country singer per se. And, And then I got to the point where I thought I would ask people that I admired and the worst thing they could say is no. (laughs) And so then I asked, you know, I thought, I know, how about if Johnny Mathis sings one of my Christmas songs? And then, you know, he says, yes. And I think, oh my gosh, it's like, it's coming out of his mouth, but it's it's singing and it sounds like him, but it's my song. It's very, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Before we get to music, one quick question about your radio show, which you've done for uh, two decades. What is it that you get to share on the radio that's different than being a performing musician that makes that attractive to you? The thing I love about the show is that I'm a very curious person. And so I get to interview people that I want to talk to. (laughs) And it's such an incredible opportunity to get to know people or find out what their story is. You know, it's a... I'm just very curious. So I learn all about not only music, great music artists, but about health and wellness and about charity and about money and pets and I mean all kinds of things. But I also meet a lot of my collaborators that way. For example, this was amazing. Last year, I was doing a TV concert special. One of the guests I was having on was the iconic Dick Van Dyke. He was a guest on the show, which was boggling my mind because Mary Poppins was like the first movie I ever saw in my <laughs> life. So I am, I'm having Bert on my, you know, on my radio show. So he gets on and, and he says, you know, I listen to your music all the time. It's what, you know, it's floored. And so I said, you know, you seem so nice. And you know, he's 92. And so do you want to be a guest on my TV special? And he said, sure, that sounds like fun. 
he ends up being a guest on my special. So same thing happened with Hall and Oates, with Five for Fighting, John Andrasik, with Jane Lynch, Steve Perry from Journey. So it's a great way to make connections <laughs> too and uh, learn about people. I, I just love other people's stories. It's my favorite thing to read and to talk about. Well, we're glad we're hearing your stories today. We're glad you're on the other side of the mic here <laughs> to, to share. Tell me about Timeless and Fly. Timeless is a song that I play in concert quite often, pretty much every tour. It's one of those songs that I think because it's in waltz time, it makes you feel like you should be waltzing to it. <laughs> a lot of people use it for weddings. It's instrumental, but whenever I play it in concert, people really respond. And then Fly is um, one of my absolute favorites that's fairly recent. It's from the Soothe albums. Uh, I'm doing a whole series of Soothe for sleep, Soothe for calm and relaxation. I decided since everybody says my music puts them to sleep, I would do a sleep album <laughs> on purpose. It's like you're supposed to use this for sleep, not just as a byproduct of my other albums. So um, Fly is from the Soothe album and one I play quite often in concert as well. This is Jim Brickman with Timeless and Fly.
You're listening to Highway 89, always live today with Jim Brickman, multi-platinum artist. Jim, one thing that I really liked in doing just a little bit of research was finding you walking your talk. You talk about wanting to add something positive with your music. And I saw this concert where you had a kid come up on stage. I think he had won a contest to learn one of your pieces. I think it was Timeless that we already heard. And what I saw was him posting, guys, you'll never believe what just happened to me. I played on stage with Jim Brickman. And then we see a little bit of footage. And I love that you're not just following this dream, but that you really are encouraging other people to follow theirs. I think it's really important, at least to me, to advocate for young artists and young musicians, because I know how challenging it was for me to really find my path. I mean, I loved music, but I, I would have never thought growing up in Cleveland that I would find my way to doing you know, what I wanted to do. I didn't really have any guidance in it. I, I didn't, there wasn't anybody pointing me in the right direction. I just knew I wanted to. So I think it's really important to give young, talented people a chance to be the next generation of great music. And so I love that. We do a lot of workshops like that around the country. And we have a yearly um, boot camp for songwriters that come to to my uh, studios in Cleveland. And we just work on songwriting. And I love it. It's, you know, I've been touring for 22 years and I love to perform live. But in my off time, I, I really feel like it's a great way to to see thriving, talented people who are growing up with, you know, some, somebody to point them in the right direction. You use the words faith and hope and peace describing things that you think about as you create music. So it made us wonder, when you're having a Jim Brickman down day, do you have certain pieces that work that way for you, like they work for people in your audience that you think, I think I need to play this, this will help me out? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think songwriters, I know this because I work with so many, there's a common theme there, which is that when you're down, of course, I never get down, but when I am, <laughs> there's, it's so deep inside because when you're writing songs, it's coming from this really deep place. It says more about me than this conversation because it's it's really deep. It's something that's very hard to articulate. So many of us go to a really deep place and, and you know, I'll just sit down and, and try to let my feelings out through the music. It's not so much like playing a happy song to get me out of, out of the mood as much as it is kind of the exercise of doing it that's therapeutic. And somehow this seems like a perfect lead in. We've got time to squeeze in one more, if you will. If You Believe, tell me about this. So If You Believe is, uh, is a tribute to somebody that I consider to be a faraway mentor of sorts, Jim Henson from the Muppets. Um, when I was a late teenager, I got a chance to uh, have a very short internship with uh, the Muppets at the Muppet Mansion in New York City. <laughs> The spirit of what he was doing and the way that he communicated both to kids but also to adults was a message that if you believe enough in who you are and what you have to say, that if you're honest about it and authentic about it, people receive it the way that you intend for it to be. I think about it every day because it, the honesty is what you have to have if people are really going to connect. You can't be doing something that you think is the cool thing to do or what people tell you to do or something. You have to really do who 
you know you are and he used to say that all the time so if you believe is a is kind of a mantra of mine let's hear that in the voice of big bird in our mind (laughs) (laughs) well there's no lyrics but he can hum along maybe this is if you believe jim brickman playing live in studio right here on highway 89 Jim Brickman in Studio 6, Highway 89, performing If You Believe. What a pleasure to have two-time Grammy nominee, multiple platinum artist Jim Brickman with us here today. We caught him on his way to one of the shows on his Christmas tour called A Joyful Christmas, a not-to-be-missed addition to your Christmas season. Find dates and cities, ticket information at www.jimbrickman.com. We're thrilled he could make it and make time to visit us here on Highway 89, filling in the studio with great music and conversation. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning, listen again, or share it with a friend, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org highway 89. 
Follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our video team is led by Dale Green with Trent Wolford and John Anderson. And the producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.